Happy Wednesday, everybody, and welcome to the Mind Hiking Podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about some uh, some deep stuff again. <laughs> Another one of these bonus episodes, so stay tuned for that. Um, also, if you're liking what I'm doing here, please follow me on Spotify, leave a review. I'd really appreciate it, and it really helps out. So thank you for that, and stay tuned. Hello and welcome, everyone. I'm your host, Brody Fry, and here we dive deep into difficult questions. We'll map out thoughts, theories, and crazy ideas for the love of knowledge and growth. So, how do we answer some of the mind's toughest questions? This is the Mind Hiking Podcast. Welcome back, guys. And before we get into this episode, fully at least, I want to give a quick shout out to Alec Dawson with Cinemoto TV. Uh, we've been doing this Thursday pit bike league, and <laughs> it's so much fun. He lets us use his pit bikes, and we go over there and have a blast, and it's awesome. So I wanted to give a quick shout out to him. Uh, he's got a YouTube channel. It's awesome. Go check it out, Cinemoto TV. And, uh, yeah, it's it's badass. He's got a lot of dirt bike stuff. He's got moto shorts too. Uh, one of his more recent moto shorts videos is uh, me and Jeremy Lesser are both in that. So I'm on the pink bike. So it's uh, <laughs> definitely one to go check out. <laughs> All right. Uh, so getting into this episode, what I wanted to kind of talk about was I was feeling inspired. It's getting kind of late tonight, and I should be in bed. But I I just looked at Katie and I'm like. I'm going to go record a quick bonus episode. I, I have something on my mind. And she's like, I'm so proud of you. <laughs> she's awesome. So supportive. <laughs> but um, so kind of going along with the riding, the pit bikes, um, it gets me kind of sentimental towards riding because I I did do that for so long. And, and then when I quit racing, then I kind of still rode pit bikes just for fun. And for people who don't know what pit bikes are, it's basically just like originally it was just like these tiny little four stroke bikes, basically just ride them around in the pits at professional races. It was just to like get from point A to point B or like the mechanic would ride the pit bike out to the gate with the rider. And then after the rider, the gate drops, the racer takes off and then the mechanic can, ride the pit bike over to the stands or over to wherever he wants to sit with the with the card or ride back to the pits if he needs something and so it's just basically like a a mini bike for a mode of transportation and over time people started thinking they were fun and messing around on them started racing them and just mod parts people started hopping them up and you can get them damn near as fast as a big bike, and uh, it's they're just a lot of fun. So we we only have been riding stock ones because it's it's just more fun that way. It takes more muscle, more strength. You're, I mean, these bikes are just about as heavy as a big bike, but they're nowhere near. I mean, they can't even get out of their own way. <laughs> but you're muscling these things around because they don't have the power, which makes it so much fun. Like if you're fast on a pit bike, you're, you can be fast on any bike. <laughs> so, um, it's, we just have a blast on them. We're just like racing a bunch of turtles around and it's, it's just a, a great time. So if you, 
I mean, definitely go check out. I'm going to throw this back in Alec Dawson with Cinemoto TV because he's got videos of us doing this. So if you want a visual, check that video out. <laughs> um, but just gets me sentimental thinking about this and riding some more. And so after my racing, I, I got into the pit bikes thing and then life happened and it got tough. Um, had some family issues and then ended up moving off the farm and having to figure out stuff on my own. And, um, I mean, I was pretty much independent at that point other than just living in a house at the farm. And, uh, after our kind of, you know, our thing that we had at the farm, the family thing, I, I was fully on my own. That was like, you know, fresh ties, cut the, cut the ties, fresh start kind of thing. And like, even down, I've said before, even down to a new phone number, just fresh start and just got away, um, moved down to, down to Chicago for a while. And that was a whole world flip. That was a whole different thing. Um, it was, it was rough. Um, being a farm boy moving down to the city like that. And we lived down there for over a year and then ended up buying a, buying a little flipper house. And, uh, so actually I've also said on the podcast before me and my family kind of resolved our issues and I moved back onto the farm for another year. And then in that time is when I had the the house that I flipped, flipped that thing so we could buy the house that we're now in. And, um, in this time there was so much struggle. Um, I, I was going through a lot and what I found was when I was on the farm, like I really felt like I understood life. Everything made sense. Everything was clear. I thought I had it figured out. <laughs> I thought I had it figured out. And, um, uh, just being a 18 year old kid and I, I thought I had everything, you know, I, <clears throat> I had my house, I had my truck, I had my hot rod car, my T-bird, I had a boat, I had my snowmobile, I had my pit bike, I had my race bike, my 2017 250F Kawasaki and, <clears throat> we'd go racing on the weekends and during the summer we'd have big bonfire parties and you know we had all the farm equipment we were riding around we were racing go-karts and golf carts and all sorts of things around we were always doing something and pulling pulling sleds behind the polarises in the winter time and it it was just fun back then. But I mean, another thing we've talked about is like work hard, play hard. We, we busted ass during the day and, you know, we had to, we had to burn off some steam. We had to let off some steam. And so we, we had a lot of fun to kind of cope with the high stress that we were putting in under like as, as young adults. Um, you know, running a farm is, is a tall order, especially with 
some of the heavy machinery, heavy equipment, uh, forklifts, grinders, mixers, all the stuff that we were operating, super heavy duty machinery as teenagers. <clears throat> it was a it was a tall order. <clears throat> Excuse me, sorry. Definitely should have brought a water in here, but I didn't. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was it was a lot. So we we coped with it by having fun. We we did a lot of cool stuff like that. And when we had our family issue, then you know I moved off the property. We we were renting a place in in the city, and it you know it just it got tough and like i found that everything that i'd owned i was identifying with like i that was me that was a part of me like when i saw all the stuff that i had i saw myself like that was mine that was me like i had my racing number on my stuff and I was like this is me this is who I am kind of thing this is what we do and it it got tough bills and we were struggling down there and I had to slowly one by one sell everything sell everything that I had at first it was the the big bike the race bike the KX250F and that that sucked um, and then the T-Bird after that and that, that also sucked that was not only a badass car but it was also sentimental value because they only made those cars for two years the, the turbo coupe the 2.3 liter turbo charge that, it was two years uh, 87 and 88 they made those and my father had the, he bought new in 87. He had an 87 turbo coupe. And then when I was in high school, I bought this uh, in 88. So it had sentimental value as well. And then I had to sell that thing just to keep up with bills down there. And, and down in the city, everything is ridiculously expensive. And we're struggling and I still had my same job so I was commuting over an hour back up here but living in the city and just that's just because that was the the only thing that we could move into that was the fastest fastest home it was literally overnight thing and uh like the day the falling out at the farm happened it was that night we had to find a place and this was this is what we could do and that's what we did and we struggled it was it was hard so i felt like pieces of me were getting pulled pulled apart like i felt like i was i was falling apart or i was losing pieces of me as i was selling these things because i literally was identifying with them like this was who i was this was me when i when i sold these things it was like pieces of me were getting ripped out of me and it was it was hard and even down to my my pit bike i had a badass it was a 
2011 KLX 110L, and it was uh, it had a big bore kit, a 130 big bore kit with a ported and polished head, a BBR race cam. It had a 26 millimeter carburetor. Uh, it had a, a pod filter on it. Uh, two brothers exhaust. Um, all sorts of bolt-on mods. I had two brothers rear brake pedal. We, I had a. I think it was also a two brothers shift lever. Um, I had the AVS uh, breakaway clutch and front brake levers. Um, what else did I have on that thing? Um, uh, Fox float air shock. Um, all all sorts of stuff on it. It was it was a badass little bike. Um, that thing I loved, and and I always said like, check me into a hospital or or somewhere if if I ever decide to sell this thing. Like I, I would tell Katie that, and um, I I sold everything just to keep up with the bills, just to live down there, and and it got to a point where. I had to sell the pit bike and that was that was the one thing that I wanted to hold on to. It wasn't it wasn't the most expensive thing I had, but it was like the one thing cuz I built that bike. Like that thing I loved that thing and yeah, and I, I had to let that thing go and just to keep up with bills, but it sucks cuz where is it now? What do I have to show for kind of thing? You know what I mean? It's like you you have this something that means so much to you <clears throat> and and you sell it for money with liquid cash and it just runs through your fingers. It's like selling something that matters so much to you for for like water, but you don't have a container for it. So they they pay you with water and it lands in your hands and runs right through your fingers. And now everything that I sold just to keep up is gone and and it sucks. <laughs> and I'm just riding pit bikes again doing this Thursday league with Alec. It's awesome, but it does it does dig up these difficult tough memories for sure. And uh but where I want to go with this, I had to kind of get this dramatic backstory to kind of take you where I wanted to. I, I, I want you to, I wanted to express the value behind this before stepping into this next kind of area topic thing. Um, and it, it's difficult to express emotion through words, but I guess that's, kind of the best way I can do it but um, and I kind of tapped into this but like just identifying with earthly things like physical objects and what I'm discovering is just I'm in a period of a lesson I, I believe that I'm going through a lesson period right now where like I identified so heavily with 
physical things like that. What I had was what like meant so much to me. What that was like my version of success, like the things that I had, but I also knew that I wanted to be the best I could be. And looking back now that needed to be broken and what better way than a family falling out and then having to move off and have everything slowly stripped from me. I had to strip myself back down so that way I could build up who I wanted to be. I had to learn that these things weren't me. And I'm me. And I'm, I'm still learning myself, and I think I'll spend my whole life learning myself. I think everybody does. Or at least everybody should. I don't, I don't think everybody... I don't necessarily think everybody does. I think people should learn themselves a little more, but, um, yeah, it's, it it was tough, but I had to, I had to learn who I was or at least start and, and realize that I'm me and dig deep, look into my head, look into myself and see who I really am and, try to heal that broken boy inside. And just show him that there's more than physical objects and everything's okay. And no matter what happens out there in the world, like you're safe in here. You have your mind. You have the control over your emotions, your feelings. You decide what hurts you. You decide who offends you, what offends you, what makes you happy. That That's all in your head. And no matter what happens in the outside, you can still control what's on the inside. Nobody can touch you there. And once you learn this, and this, like I said, this is a process that I'm currently going through. I mean, we're years out of the city now. I mean, this was three years ago, four years ago, but still, still going through this. Um, I don't know how long I will be. I think I'm getting to the end here. But I just had to go through this lesson and figure myself out and realize who I am. And once this lesson's learned, because I feel like deep down I I asked for this because I wanted to be better, but I had this fixation. I needed to see myself lose what I thought was everything. Which I did, because during this whole thing that I went through, I also 
lost the farm because the farm went out of business just prior to me moving off. My parents got divorced just before that as well. And my ex-girlfriend had left me too. So it was kind of a... <laughs> you can you can see at this point. Like, it was a pretty heavy hit for... You know, it, it was a rough patch. And I needed it all. I needed all of that. I needed to be stripped of everything. Complete fresh start. So I could build up who I wanted to be. Because... If I am being honest with myself, I was not who I wanted to be back then. I was happy with things. And that's what I thought dictated success and who I was. But deep down I knew that's, that's not right and that's not who I wanted to be. I didn't want to... I don't want to be so fixated on something not working, something in the physical world not working, and me just break down because some physical thing isn't working or I had to get rid of or whatever. I had to learn myself. I had to learn who I was. I had to learn to be happy with myself. I know I've talked about on the podcast being able to or being comfortable with sitting in silence, sitting by yourself. And that was something I learned too. Because back then, it, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do that. Like I always needed somebody over hanging out with me or something. But this was all part of the process. And, and now I enjoy it. Now I enjoy just going in the garage and tinkering on stuff no music either just hanging out in the garage tinkering on stuff with nothing but my thoughts and whatever I'm working on and it's more meditative than physical work being done like tasks it's more let's go work on things to process through and I try to relate what I'm doing to life So it's a, I know a lot of people may not see where I'm coming from. Some of you may, and it, it does, it is really cool hearing people relate to my stories. So I really appreciate that. Um, so if you have had similar experiences or kind of see yourself through my words, let me know. That'd be awesome. Maybe leave it in the comments or just reach out to me on Instagram. That would be awesome. I love hearing from you guys. And uh, it's cool to see that what I'm doing here reaches, reaches you guys. Because it, it's not easy. It's definitely not easy. Like sometimes I'm recording and I'm like, I have episodes scheduled and I'm like, oh, geez, like we'll see how this one goes. <laughs> but 
especially ones like these where I'm being vulnerable. But I know what I want is coming. I know our desires have meaning. I know we have desires for a reason. There's, it's, it's not just put in our head for no reason. We all are put here for a job. We all have something to do. And the desires are a part of that. But just learn to not identify with it. That's what I needed to do. And that's why I know I'm coming to an end of this lesson at least. There's always going to be lessons. There's always going to be work to do. And that's not what I'm saying. But I know this lesson in particular is coming to an end. And it was a hard, long lesson. And I already am starting to get out more and, and just enjoy life more and experience things, not stress about the, the bills and the struggles of life and not scraping by so much, but I know what my desires are are going to come to fruition very soon. It's, it's weird, but I, I can feel it. I know this lesson's coming to an end, but that's what I needed. Like if I, like right now, if I really dig deep, this would have been exactly how I would have wanted it, how I would have planned it. It's just have that cool stuff growing up to experience it, get a taste of it, and then have it stripped away so you know that that's not you, Brody. That's not you. You're you, and you don't need any of that. And then when you learn that lesson, get something better because you know and you always respect that, that that's not you. And you can appreciate it that much more, knowing that this is limited. This is just for the here and now. And I'm all I got forever. Okay, guys, that's, uh, that's all I got for you. For today's bonus episode, so I hope this spoke to you. I hope it meant something to you. Uh, nothing makes me feel better than hearing that these deep ones where I'm being vulnerable speaks to you guys. So if you enjoyed, please let me know whatever way that is, whether you want to do it in person or message me or, or anything. But either way, I love the support. So thank you guys for all your love and support. And I hope you guys have a great rest of your week and stay tuned for the Monday episode. We got another good one coming up. So, all right, guys, thanks so much. Have a great day. Bye.